Welcome to the Colorado Fire College Podcast, your source for knowledge to keep you in the fight. Stay tuned for the latest educational lectures, new product reviews, and interviews with the top firefighting professionals. Let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lieutenant Chris Gay and Lieutenant Jordan Sherrill. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Colorado Fire College. I'm your host, Chris Gay, and today we are recording live at the AT&T store in West Denver off of Colfax with Garrett Doyle and Jumaney Berkeley. Both these gentlemen currently work for FirstNet with AT&T, and they're going to discuss the possibilities that they can bring to your fire department. How are you gentlemen doing today? Excellent. Thanks for having us today. Beautiful, gentlemen. Beautiful. It's good to have you aboard. First off, what is FirstNet, and how can it help us in the fire service? Well, um, my name is Garrett Doyle. I'm with the FirstNet program here in the Rocky Mountain states. And uh, FirstNet is the nationwide public safety broadband network that was designed by first responders for first responders. Really kind of came out of the 9-11 commission report where communications were really challenging. And this was a recommendation. And you know, fast forward uh, 15 or 20 years, and here we are today with an alternative a public safety wireless broadband network. It's amazing. And it's one of the things that we've noticed after September 11th that the communications really fell apart quickly when a disaster struck. No communications were available by cell phone. And we really learned that in fire, EMS, and police, we relied too heavily on that network. So I think this is a great first step in getting us evolving in the right direction. Yes, sir. So Honestly, we decided to bring FirstNet on because we were impressed by the hustle of one of their sales rep, Jamani. He actually met me at a sales pump while I was refilling a brush engine after a call, and his hustle impressed me. So I decided we wanted to bring him along and bring him onto the show and give him a chance to represent FirstNet the best he could. Yes, sir. I uh, pretty much work on sales, so coming to homes, making sales. Also, uh, introducing FirstNet and CRU to uh, potential customers. Perfect. So you'd be the first line that people would usually come across when they said they wanted to switch over from, let's say, the other evil empires over to AT&T. Um, you'd be the first rep they'd come in contact with, correct? Correct, correct, correct. Yes, sir. And thank you. Beautiful. And then Garrett Doyle, you're the regional manager, so you do more of the logistical ends working with larger departments, organizations such as ambulance services, regional munis municipalities, and, for example, the DFPC. Correct. Yes. Uh, so I have a team of folks here in the Rocky Mountain region, and we work directly with police, fire, EMS, uh, emergency management, and other groups that are primary eligible. And we also work with our extended primary community. So think about utilities, tow truck companies, and other uh, organizations that are involved in emergency response. Beautiful. So the network itself is kind of a sub-network using the infrastructure that's already existing so that we don't necessarily bog down the communications on the primary lines? Is that how the FirstNet works? Yeah, so I think uh, you have to think about FirstNet as a private-public partnership. That's kind of a, a big uh, term that we're seeing these days where uh, there is a component that comes from AT&T as the private partner. There's the federal government, which is the FirstNet authority, which their CTO labs are up in Boulder, uh, part of the same group where PSCR operates. 
and uh, they brought a spectrum from the federal government some initial seed money and then um, AT&T came to uh, came together won the bid to build and operate this and then the other partner obviously is the first responders uh, that are on the network and so uh, this network uh, utilizes uh, federal spectrum it also utilizes uh, AT&T towers but it is a physically separate core network uh, it has a different uh, network identifier or a PLMN so you'll have a black sim that goes into your device and when your device registers uh, to the network it registers as a FirstNet user it'll say FirstNet on the device not AT&T or not another provider and that is how we can offer unique services whether that is priority and preemption so that in times of network congestion you have have unique access to band 14 spectrum or whether it's uh, having end-to-end uh, -end encryption or other unique services which I know we're going to get into later. Absolutely. So that actually brings up my next question. Since you're using the black sims, does that mean you can use any equipment or does that have to be specialized equipment to be able to go on the first net network? Uh, so Kind of yes, kind of no, right? Uh, so we have over 370 different certified devices. So your everyday carry device might be a Samsung device or an, uh, an iOS Apple device, and those will certainly work. Those go through FirstNet certification so you can use them. Uh, we also have more ruggedized types of devices. Think of like a Sonom or a Kyocera DuraForce uh, type of device that is uh, a more rugged for uh, uh, first responder proof. Correct. Um, then we also have a lot of uh, IoT type devices. So think of sensors, uh, shot spot detectors, uh, others, uh, others that will be put out into the field to uh, do remote monitoring. And then we are continuing to evolve in uh, the ecosystem of device types that are, are available. Absolutely. And for the firefighters who do not know what ShotSpot is, it's actually a sound acoustic device that will help locate and triangulate where gunshots are fired and help move cameras to that area and give police response a more directed access. It's actually a pretty impressive system that's going nationwide and uh, is actually being very effective in high-risk areas. So now, since you guys are operating on a, a different type of spectrum network, is there any different cost associated to the customer on the back end? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, FirstNet is coming to the market at what I call competitive price. We're not expecting first responders to pay a premium to be on the network. So coming in and uh, signing up for service as an individual uh, subscriber, you could expect to pay uh, about what you would pay for commercial service. In fact, oftentimes uh, with some of the special offers, it's, it's lower cost than what you would be able to get as a consumer. Correct. Agencies also can sign up and uh, in the same uh, holds true there where you're going to see pricing and see costs that are in line or less than what you'd pay from a commercial provider. Which is always good. Firefighters and EMS personnel do not make the most amount of money, contrary to popular belief. Mm -hmm. So any discounts always a good thing. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Jamani, honestly, everything I'm hearing is impressing me. And if I decided to switch from the evil empire I'm currently using, how would I go about doing that? Well, you could either talk to myself or come into a location like we're at today. And pretty much we'll go over your account, we'll go over the numbers, we'll let you see the benefits of having FirstNet versus what you currently have with your carrier, which is a lot of different uh, uh, perks that we have for you guys. Yes, Very cool. So if somebody specifically wanted to come talk to you, what location are you based out of? So me personally, I'm what they call in-home expert. 
So I would have to give you my number and a card. So I really don't have a, a particular store I am stationed at. I'm mostly in a vehicle all the time. So I usually come to the customer. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with me and say go over, say, for instance, pricing, I will get their information and go to their home. Oh, very nice. In-home service is always correct, a benefit. Correct, correct. Or say, for instance, even your, your college or fire department or police station, uh, wherever, wherever, wherever Beautiful. I need to be. Well, I want to jump back to the equipment and basically some of the more logistical things. I know that oftentimes in disasters, communication agencies are called upon to help build infrastructure instantly where everything has been wiped out. How does FirstNet go about doing that? The FirstNet program includes a, uh, a fleet of over 100 deployable assets. Uh, kind of the backbone of those are the FirstNet SAT Colts or satellite cell on light truck. You may have seen them before at a time of disaster, but it's essentially a rolling cell site that is fully self-contained, its own power, its own backhaul, and those can be brought in and they have about a 60-foot uh, pole or tower that goes up and essentially can uh, project coverage into an area that doesn't have any, so think wildland fire, or to uh, supplement in case there has been uh, uh, fire or other types of destruction. For example, uh, the Marshall Lake fire here uh, just in the beginning of the year. And so uh, an agency can then make that request, uh, then those get dispatched out and set up at no cost to those agencies. Um, we've done them uh, quite a bit from everything from wildland fires where we put in, uh, we had uh, between 8 and 12 of the Marshall Lake fire providing temporary coverage uh, to Gilpin County when they were doing their uh, testing for COVID back during the pandemic in a part of their county that was very rural. And so that's been a really significant part of the FirstNet program is agencies having access to that. And that's an agency level request that's not going to the state, that's not going to the federal government, that is your individual agency making that, uh, making that request. Um, as small as Howard Fire making a request for one, uh, I think a year and a half ago when there was a wild, large wildland fire in their community, all the way up to um, uh, large federal agencies. Did you hear that, chiefs and commanding officers? means you do not need federal authorization to get mobile communication set up. All you need to do is request it from AT&T in the first net. There you go. So that's actually a huge asset. Um, I know when it came down to the Marshall Lake fire, Obviously, that was one of the challenging fires, being one of the largest and most destructive fires in Colorado history to date. Uh, that happened only four months ago, and it's something we're still reeling from and feeling the effects of every day. Yeah, I was stationed up at the incident command post for, I think, eight or nine of the days, uh, providing uh, support along with our teams to make sure that uh, the fire uh, departments and the public safety in those areas had access. What's great about it is uh, that when they walked in as a, uh, a public safety responder that had FirstNet, there was no nothing special they had to do to their phone. They didn't have to dial anything. All they did is when they uh, showed up in that incident area with a FirstNet device, it, it just connected to the network uh, as usual and everything just functioned. And as you can imagine, there was a lot of uh, demands being given to public safety at that time. And the last thing they want to worry about is communications. And the great news is the, those folks in the field didn't have to worry. They just walked in and it worked. And that's one of the things I will agree with. When I walked into the command post that day, communications were scrambled. But that's one thing that we never worried about is we always had comms available. 
Um, so that kind of brings up my next aspect. With a situation like that and resources scattered about, how would Z-Access work and benefit that situation? Yeah, Z-Access, which is the ability to know uh, height above uh, terrain so that when you're inside of a building, uh, uh, a law enforcement, a firefighter, uh, a public safety person could be located. We've had the GPS lat long for a number of years so we can know where somebody is but if they're in a multi-story building, it's tough to know what floor they're on. So part of the FirstNet uh, program is to have Z-access capabilities so that that can be integrated into uh, the, the command structure for uh, a dispatch center or for the fire department. And uh, we've been, uh, we launched a, a version about a year ago and we just uh, launched a second version uh, just recently of enhancing that so that you can then see where that that officer is. I had the privilege of being out at the uh, West Metro Fire uh, Training Facility down off Kipling, and we, they did a great demonstration of what it takes to clear a building when they, you know, lose contact with a first responder inside of that. And it, uh, the normal, it was taking 20 plus minutes to clear that area to, uh, to look for that individual as they're on hands and knees going through the, the smoke and the haze and the chaos of the fire. But with a, a Z-Access product, uh, that uh, during that test they were able to cut it down to two to three minutes and as you can imagine that that, that oftentimes is the difference between life and uh, and a tragedy absolutely especially in rich situations when you're calling for backup and you know exactly where you're down to firefighter paramedics at that's impressive piece of technology I think that definitely should be explored more how has push to talk been evolving yeah, Push to Talk has uh, really uh, continues to uh, evolve. It, you know, it launched a, a number of years ago, but as as you can imagine, there's a, a strong interest in seeing how um, Push to Talk over broadband LTE can work together and complement what's uh, what happens in the LMR world and such. Um, and one of the things that it really does for you is it allows you to expand uh, the use of that service outside of the LMR footprint. So when that fire chief is returning uh, to a different community or doing mutual aid response, uh, they may not be able to participate in a talk group on an LMR radio, but if they have some interoperability set up with Push the Talk, that's something that they can do. We see a lot of uh, private ambulance uh, companies using that as a means to, uh, to integrate with their local, uh, local uh, public safety officials and dispatch centers. Um, it also is really helpful too because uh, you know radios are expensive and uh, oftentimes there are users that uh, need a device and they need to communicate but they don't need the same uh, ruggedness and the same specs that they need for the fire because they're they're sitting at a desk or they're on on a trip or doing other types of mutual aid so push to talk is a is a strong evolving uh, solution that we're seeing used on a, a regular basis there's one uh, agency here in Colorado. Uh, the fire chief lives in the neighboring town, and as you as uh, as you know, uh, I think you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, our our public safety uh, folks are not always the highest paid, and you know, living in a resort town is expensive. Mm -hmm. And so this particular chief lives in the neighboring town, but because he has pushed to talk on his FirstNet device, he can be at home and still listen to the uh, mutual, uh, mutual aid channels, or he can. 
scan all of his channels to see what's going on without having to uh, you know call the station on a continual basis checking in and uh, he can still participate in that I honestly think the price point per unit is going to be the big selling factor. 5K versus, you know, a couple hundred dollars per unit is going to be a big selling factor for most of these departments. Uh, it is, um, but I also recognize that this is not a replacement to what's going on with an, uh, your LMR radio. There's some specs for going into a fire and other situations where LMR is still a very viable and capable solution. In fact, we're also seeing LTE chips uh, sets being put into those devices. Uh, both uh, Harris as well as Motorola both have devices that have FirstNet capabilities built right into the LMR set. So uh, we're going to continue to see this as a convergence of services where you'll see you know everyone from maybe it's uh, somebody just doing fire inspection they they might just carry a uh, a, a first net cell, a cellular phone as their a smartphone as their device versus someone that's actually going into a, a, a wildland fire or into a structure structure fire yeah because they wouldn't need the intrinsic capabilities of those units exactly okay well, I know a lot of communications and disasters are now looking to drone use. What does FirstNet use for drones and how would that be implemented in like an MCI situation? Yeah, so our uh, use case for the drones is a couple. One is uh, one of our deployables we have are, uh, we call them flying cows. Um, and what that really means is it's a, a tethered device that uh, then hovers uh, several hundred feet up and it's tethered with power and fiber optic cable so that it's essentially a flying antenna so that we can deploy that uh, to enhance coverage uh, instead of using a sat colt. As you can imagine, the sat colt itself is limited to about 60 feet versus us using a, uh, a, flying, uh, a flying cow that can go up hundreds of feet, and that really helps. We use some of those in some of the hurricane recovery areas so we can get really large swaths of coverage. Um, the other thing we see a lot of use is uh, needing to have real-time access to what's going on uh, with that drone, especially at that you know the handset level or the control controller. So as they're doing search and rescue, they want to be able to send that data live back to a dispatch or to some other type of uh, a communication point, and they can do that simply by uh, having cellular access right right there. Uh, we also use drones uh, at AT&T for inspecting our own uh, cell sites post-disaster. Uh, it's certainly a better way for us to do damage assessment, uh, so we can use it uh, there as well. Absolutely. I know DJ has done quite a bit evolving lately in the Matrice 30 they just came out with. Are you guys going to be looking at possibly integrating with the uh, docking stations that are looking at? Yeah, a lot of them are doing that today through Wi-Fi or through Ethernet out to a, uh, a hotspot or a cradle point style router to do that uh, for sure. Um, I think down the road, you, you know, there could be air to ground stuff that happens in the future, but uh, you know, there's still some FCC issues and other things that will need to be solved uh, before we see uh, direct communication from the flying drone. Ironically, I think Amazon's pushing the agenda with the FAA quite aggressively, so we might see some... Uh benefits coming down our way through that venue. I'm really hoping I can get my pizza delivered to my <laughs> house that way sooner than later. That would be pretty cool. Well, gentlemen, that knocks out most of my questions. Is there anything else you guys would like to add to the podcast? I would just like to say that uh, FirstNet is uh, a service that was uh, 
uh, came out of that 9-11 commission report and uh, in a couple of years ago it was it was really what I call slideware it was a lot of a lot of brochures and what I can say now is there's three million uh, devices connected to FirstNet every day being used by first responders and those that support first responders uh, in their in their critical mission so it's no longer just an idea it is truly uh, something that is a, is a game changer uh, for folks and I also want to reinforce that there's two ways you can get involved you certainly can get involved as an individual as a uh, as a firefighter, sworn law enforcement, uh, ER doc and ER nurse and those types of areas. And you can do that individually by going down to the store or setting up a, a meeting with one of my colleagues. Um, and then your agency also uh, can be involved. And the great news is it doesn't matter whether you're individual or you're with your agency, you get that priority, you get that preemption, you get access to those deployable assets if you roll up on a fire, you roll up on an incident. Incident. And I really think this has been one of the great equalizers. I deal with a lot of rural areas in my region, and FirstNet has been uh, delivering services that traditionally have only been available in, to the largest agencies in the biggest cities. I really think FirstNet has been a technology uh, uh, leveling the playing field so that whether you're Oak Creek Fire Department in uh, Route County or whether you're uh, Colorado Springs Fire Department or West Metro Fire, you're getting access to latest and greatest technology. Absolutely. And honestly, looking at everything I've seen, talking to these gentlemen, and knowing the communications issues that are happening on the front lines, I personally feel that FirstNet's being underutilized. Uh, I agree, and we're certainly happy to uh, help you out and see what we can do for you uh, and see what's available in your community. Uh, literally billions of dollars have been invested into this and will continue to be. Uh, the relationship in this private-public partnership is a 25-year uh, contract. So this is not something that is uh, we're just building for tomorrow. This is something we're building for decades, and I truly think it will continue to revolutionize uh, public safety communications. Agreed. Well, if you'd like to see Jumani personally, feel free to give learn at coloradofirecollege.com an email, and we will set you up with his contact information. And we'll go from there. If you gentlemen have any other things you'd like to say, now's your opportunity. Uh, please feel free to reach out to me directly, Garrett Doyle, uh, GD1057 at att.com, or you can reach out uh, to our host, and I'm sure he can pass my information on if your agency is interested uh, or you have any questions. We also try to participate in a lot of the meetings uh, uh, across the state and professional organizations, so if you see us there, please do stop by. Which is actually another great topic. If an OEM is interested, let me know. We can definitely get you in contact with them. Uh, I know he's already working with Gilpin OEM, and he's done great things out there with the new uh, communications that they're launching, the ability to still use the remote spot sensoring systems for the fire watch systems they're now implementing in Gilpin County. Well, gentlemen, thank you much for taking the time out and coming to do this podcast. It's been great to have you guys here, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you. Thank Th you. Thank you so much. Colorado Fire College Podcast. We release a new podcast every Wednesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Colorado Fire College. Visit our website at coloradofirecollege.com. Sign up for our newsletter. 
and get access to even more content. You can even ask questions or recommend topics to be featured on upcoming episodes. That's coloradofirecollege.com.